This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, and I want to welcome you all to the Warning Program. Wherever you're listening or watching, welcome. I have with me today Apostolic Leader Reuben Esch, and he's out of Kansas. Reuben, welcome. Dr. Hansen, it's an honor to be with you today. Well, it's always a pleasure being with you, whether we travel together, or whether you're on my program, or whether I'm speaking at your church. I truly appreciate you and your ministry. Now, Reuben, why don't you tell the audience where your church is? What's the name of it? Okay, so we are located about an hour south of Kansas City in a small rural area, and the local town here is Garnett, Kansas. And we have a community church here known as Beacon House of Worship. And we also have a ministry known as Beacon of Truth Ministries International. That's the international side of it. It's where we do our radio broadcasts and also our international ministry with. Well, very good. If a person was in the area or passing through and they wanted to visit you, you know, what day of the week do you worship? What are the hours of your services, etc.? Our main service is Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., and uh, the best place to find out more about us would be to look us up online at botmi.org. Botmi.org stands for Beacon of Truth Ministries International. You can also follow us on YouTube, on our YouTube channel as well, which is Beacon of Truth Ministries on our YouTube channel. Okay, very good. Now today, we're going to talk about spirits, demons, because I contacted Apostle Esh, I asked him to be in this program, and he came up with this subject. What was amazing is right before I called him, on my thought of the day at World Ministries International with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, my Facebook, also thought of the day appears on my uh, website, uh, www.worldministries.org, I just posted Spirits slash demons are attacking people today, yet most Americans, even in the church, are clueless. Now, I just posted that, and then we talk together, and boom, he comes up with this subject. So I think the subject is very timely. I know I posted another one today. It says, do you cast out demons? Question mark. If not, quit calling yourself an apostle. This is supposed to be a ministry that should be alive and well in the church, and it's not a ministry that's just for a special elite few. The Bible says in Mark chapter 16 that these signs will follow those that believe, gives a list of the signs. The first sign of a believer is in my name, they shall cast out devils. So I believe this should be the part of every vital church. It should be a ministry in every church and ministry organization. I've always believed that, Reuben. We've taught our churches that the people within those churches, that they can minister, the laying hands on the sick, casting out demons and uh, evangelism, discipleship. But yet there are those that call themselves apostle, but they can't even cast out a demon. Yes, that's right. A lot of groups out there actually even question whether it's possible for a Christian to have a demon. But the reality of it is, is that's who this ministry is for, is for the believer, and it's part of our sanctification process. Well, you're exactly right. I know that I've got seven questions for you, but I know sex and narcotics are being used by Satan to corrupt the minds of the young and old alike. Increasing interest in the occult, including astrology, horoscopes, 
seances, fortune-telling, tarot card readings, Ouija boards, and witchcraft proved to be the devil's work is on the move. It opens the doors. I know Billy Graham once said, quote, It is perfectly obvious to all of us in spiritual work that people can be possessed by demons, harassed by them, and controlled by them, unquote. That was Billy Graham, Reuben. And he was so correct in what he said. Now, let me ask you some questions here. I know that I've cast out demons ever since roughly 1985 and a lot of them, but um, I'm going to ask you seven questions. Why does it seem like there is a growing interest in deliverance today? You know, it's interesting. There's a recent movie that came out, come out in Jesus' name, and I think that's put the spotlight on this subject. And also, Jonathan Kahn recently came out with a new book called Return of the Gods. And so, there seems like there's a growing interest in the church, in the Christian community on this subject. And I would venture to say that it is the Lord that's creating that interest. Generation Z, the current generation on the scene in their late teens and early 20s, is the most unevangelized generation to ever hit our nation. On top of that, they have been given access by their parents to technology, many of them unsupervised, most of them unsupervised. At a very young age, they have access to a cell phone and computers and technology, which allows whatever is out in the world to be made available to the young people that have not yet developed a discernment on what uh, should be allowed into their minds and hearts. And what we allow to entertain us, what we stay focused on, actually has the potential through the internet, through the smartphone, to actually enter into us. What we allow to entertain us can enter into us. And so that's the reason Scripture says that we are to cast down every imagination Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, because if these things aren't cast down, they become strongholds in our hearts, in our lives, and strongholds is where demons reside. On top of that, the United States of America, in the past 50 to 70 years, has purposed to remove God from their schools, from our courtrooms, uh, from the government, we have almost completely eliminated God. And when, when there's a void like that in a nation, it opens the door for other things to move in. Luke eleven twenty four says, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walks in dry places seeking rest and finding none. He says, I'll return to my house where I came out of. And so we know that that's applicable to an individual that once had God. And if that individual moves away from God, it opens the door for other things to move in. It is the same way with a nation, and we are really seeing that in our day and age. Well, I believe you are so correct. I believe that uh, demons are influencing uh, America like never before. In fact, they're influencing the nations like never before as they're trying to uh, create a new world order, man is, again, under the influence of Satan himself, uh, who is in direct rebellion of God. And so uh, the nations are coming more under demonic influence, I believe, Apostle Ash, than ever before. That is so true. How did you get involved in deliverance? You know, that's an interesting question. About five years ago, the Lord spoke a word 
to my heart. He said, as you, as Moses stood in Pharaoh's courts and said, let my people go, he said, you will be doing the same thing. I was in a time of fasting, seeking the Lord. Had no idea exactly what that meant. But soon after, we began to experience an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our circles and among our people, especially among the young people. And as you know, my testimony, I grew up in a uh, denominational cessationist setting where they didn't really believe in the things of the Holy Spirit. They didn't really believe in deliverance. And I grew up old, older Amish and, and was ordained as a young man in my 20s I, uh, as a Mennonite pastor. Since that, we, we have become non-denominational and, and spirit-filled. Most uh, church groups don't really understand how the enemy how he can infiltrate into people's lives. But as a result of this revival that we experienced several years ago among the young people, uh, there was such an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the presence of God. And with that, it seemed that things began to surface, come to the surface that they wanted to get free of. And they actually began to seek me out saying, hey, I've got this problem. I've got this uh, emotion. I've got this fear. I've got this lust that I can't seem to overcome. And so we began to pray about it. And my tendency back then, even though we had done some deliverance with some people on a fairly minor scale, my approach back then is when a believer or a Christian experienced these thoughts, I would simply tell them, you need to crucify the flesh. You need to crucify the flesh. You need to crucify the flesh. Well, after a while, trying harder when it doesn't solve the problem, you begin to seek the Lord as to what the problem really is. Um, it was interesting. We had a service one evening. Strong presence of the Lord came in. And with that presence, a young man came up that had been struggling in the area of his thoughts. And he asked for prayer. And I prayed for him. There was a strong presence of the Lord. He went home. I went home. And I walked into my house. And uh, my telephone was ringing. And his wife was on the other line. And she said, you need to come over and fix my husband now. Wow. Somehow he had gotten home, had stepped outside the door of his home, and some force picked him up, threw him to the ground, and he began manifesting uh, in, in uh, indescribable ways. And so my wife and I immediately, we, we went over and, and we spent the next three hours uh, casting out somewhere around probably 20 to 30 demons out of this young man. And, uh, you know, his testimony afterwards was, my life has dramatically changed. He's, he, his testimony the next week was, he said, there was a part of me that's no longer there. I thought it was me, but I realize now it was an entity that was controlling my thoughts and my minds. And, and he said, while these thoughts still try to come back, he said, I now have victory over. I can actually crucify the flesh like you were telling me to do. But before I could crucify the flesh, I had to cast out this entity that was controlling my flesh. Very so good. that was a little bit our our uh, our move into uh, deliverance here a few years ago. Yeah, and that's an excellent example. Uh, if you're listening or watching this warning program, I have apostolic leader Reuben Esch out of Kansas and this is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is the Warning Program. And we're talking about demons, spirits, in America and around the world today. Uh, Reuben, what is needed to cast out demons? This is something any believer can do. 
especially spirit-filled believers that have a close walk with God. But basically, you need faith in the name of Jesus. It's faith in that name. Uh, it's not just the name of Jesus. Remember the seven sons of Sceva, the vagabond Jews that attempted to cast a demon out, and the demon replied, Paul, I know, Jesus, I know, but I've never heard of you guys. Yes. And so he, it, it actually says the man in whom the Spirit was in actually put a pretty good licking on these guys. So it's faith in the name of Jesus first and foremost. Secondly, you need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Matthew 12, 28, Jesus said, If I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom is come unto you. And so Jesus, when he was here, he was God, but he was also here as a human being. And as a human being, he needed the anointing of the Holy Spirit to cast demons out. In another place, he says, If I, by the finger of God, the anointing of God, finger of God is used interchangeably. So faith in the name of Jesus a Holy Spirit anointing, and then also being under the authority of Christ is very important. Uh, being under the Lordship of Jesus. Submit yourselves to God, it says. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. And then you can exercise, if you're under the authority of Christ, then God gives you authority, and you can exercise that authority as Paul did in Acts chapter 16, uh, verse 18. He turned to a young lady that had been following him, and uh, he said to that spirit, he said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And so when you have a demon problem, it's, it's not a time to go to the Lord and ask him to set you free as much as it's a time to exercise your authority in Christ and command that spirit to loose itself from you or excellent. to loose itself from others. Excellent. Excellent. Once again, if you just tuned in, uh, either watching us on social media, on television, or listening on the Warning Radio program, I have apostolic leader Reuben Esch, Apostle Esch. Once again, if they just tuned in, uh, tell them the name of your church. Uh, this is uh, Pastor Reuben Esch, and I pastor a church here in Garnett, Kansas, called Beacon House of Worship. I'm also the founder of a ministry known as Beacon of Truth Ministries International. Okay, and, and he's in Garnett, Kansas. And so if you're in the area, drop by. Again, you're watching the warning program. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Now, Reuben, what do we cast? Or I, you know, let me let me rephrase it for people that are, maybe this is easier for them to understand. Who do we cast demons out of? And that's a really good question, because there's an argument out there by many of the cessationist camps that would say that if you are a believer, or if you're a spirit-filled believer, you can't have a demon because a demon, uh, the Holy Spirit's not going to share the temple uh, with another person, or with another entity, or with a demon. And so, uh, people that say that, I have typically found that they do not have a lot of experience casting out demons. And it was interesting, I was ministering in a church, and I shared a story of a young man that had been delivered as a part of my testimony ministering there. And uh, soon after I was done preaching, somebody walks up to me and says, well, sir, uh, my belief is that we should not cast demons out of unbelievers, because if we cast them out of unbelievers, probably uh, the demons will just come back. 
Well, in the same church, within a few minutes later, another man walked up to me, and he said, well, I don't believe that we should be casting demons out of Christians because I don't believe a Christian can have a demon. And so I thought about that for a minute. If I can't cast a demon out of an unbeliever and I can't cast a demon out of a believer, I guess there's nobody left to cast demons out of. <laughs> and unfortunately, that's where most of the uh, church world has gone with this. Somehow the devil passed away with the apostles back at the end of the first century, which we know is not true. The devil's still around. Uh, there's still apostles on the scene. And uh, so it is my belief that from the teachings of Jesus, he went into the synagogues and he cast demons out of covenant children. We see the same thing in the book of Acts. We see that they were casting demons out of the followers of the disciples. And so I believe that as a believer, we are a three-part being. We have a spirit, we have a soul, we have a body. Better put, we are a spirit. We have a soul, we live in a body. And once you've been born again, that spiritual side of you is joined together with the Holy Spirit. There will never be a demon, a demon entering that portion of you again. The seal of the Holy Spirit has been placed upon that. But in the realm of the soul, Jesus made it very clear, just as Israel was to possess the land, in our sanctification process, we are to possess our soul. And so it's entirely possible that in the realm of the soul, and this becomes a, a, a terminology in the uh, New Testament in the King James as the word uh, demon possession or being possessed with devils. I think 13 times we find that word possessed in the King James, and it's really a bad translation because if you go back to the original Greek, uh, the word possessed indicates ownership. And if you go back to the original Greek, it's actually the, the word is simply demonized. And so there's different levels of that, obviously. And I do not believe that a Christian can be demon possessed, but a Christian can be demonized. And that may include a demon actually latching onto an area of the soul where the mind, will, and emotions resides that needs to be cast out. Uh, later on. So it is my opinion that if you're going to cast a demon out of an unbeliever, you should immediately lead them to the Lord afterwards. And if they're not open to that, maybe you shouldn't be taking them through deliverance. But for a believer, uh, I believe that's, J Jesus said these words concerning deliverance to the Syrophoenician woman. He said, deliverance is a children's bread. And so I believe it belongs to the believer. I believe it's part of our sanctification process. And I have found believers find great victory after they've gone through deliverance and had demons cast out of there, in, again, in the realm of the soul. Well, I totally agree with you. I've cast out so many demons out of Christians in all types of churches, including Pentecostal, charismatic, uh, all types of churches. Again, just to uh, support... What you just said, you know, if a person can't have uh, demons, then neither can a Christian get sick because they live in the body. And, and so, so uh, you, you cannot have cancer with that theory that you cannot have demons. Uh, well, cancer doesn't touch your spirit. It touches your body. And many times it comes through the will, mind and emotions. And, and so, again, if you can't have uh, demons then you can't get sick. But obviously, uh, demons do come in to a person if they open the doors. And I could give you 
countless examples of that, but we don't have time. What opens the door to demonization? You know, that's a really good question. Uh, I see a lot of different areas that can open the door to a demon, but primarily in three areas. Number one would be what I call sin. And underneath that umbrella of sin, it can be the sins of your fathers. The Bible talks about uh, the iniquities of the fathers of visiting. And I like that word visit because these are visitors. They're squatters, actually, is what they are. They don't, uh, they don't have to stay, and you don't have to let them stay. And so because of the sins of a forefather, especially the breaking of the Ten Commandments, stealing, uh, idolatry, uh, adultery, uh, immorality, uh, especially if you had an ancestor involved in the occult, uh, very likely you have company. And very likely there are low-level demonic entities that have attached themselves to your life that need to be either broken off or cast out. The Bible says in Proverbs 3.33 that the curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, but he blesseth the habitation of the just. So I think probably the biggest open door to demonization is the practice of sin, either by yourself or someone in a previous generation could have opened the door to it. The second biggest one, this is really big, is if there's any type of bitterness or unforgiveness in a person's life, it opens the door, as Jesus said in that parable, to tormentors. The Bible says fear has torment. The Bible says that fear is a spirit. God's not given us the spirit of fear. And so we see that when we hold bitterness and unforgiveness, like the man did in that parable in Matthew chapter 18, that uh, it allows for tormenting spirits to come in. It opens the door for tormenting spirits. And so I think unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, uh, those type of hard attitudes towards someone else, towards the Lord, or even towards yourself, can open up the door for uh, demonic uh, affliction and oppression. Um, we have helped numerous people come out of situations where they experienced abuse uh, growing up, and a lot of times that comes with with demons. But we've also found the moment they choose to forgive, those demons have to leave. The third area that I would say is probably an open door to demonization in our generation is through ungodly entertainment. Um, it says in Psalms 101, verse 3, David said, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. And so we have the eye gate, we have the ear gate uh, that we need to guard. And uh, the Bible says the man that hears the words of a talebearer, that there'll be wounds that come into the innermost parts of the belly. And I believe those wounds are, are demonic in nature. We literally have cast out spirits out of people that have a tendency to want to listen to gossip and slander and tail-bearing and, and negative words, that kind of thing. So uh, there's there's a lot of things that open the door, but those are what I would say the big three is sin, bitterness, unforgiveness, and then also being involved in uh, opening up your, your heart and life to some of the ungodly music and entertainment that's out there in the world today. Well, excellent. Again, you're listening to The Warning Program. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, the president of World Ministries International. I have Apostle Reuben Esch out of Kansas. And we're talking about demons today. Spirits in the nations and influencing and ruling America today. 
What are the signs that someone may have a demon? I believe, according to Scripture, that the Holy Spirit leads us. But when I look at the kingdom of darkness, it's like the evil taskmasters of Egypt. They drive us. They try to control us. And those evil taskmasters are a type and shadow of what the devil and his demons try to do in our lives. And so uh, the key word that I would throw out is uncontrolled, the word uncontrolled. If you can't control your thoughts, you might have a demon. Uh, uncontrolled emotions, uh, uncontrolled desires, especially perverted desires, uncontrollable addictions. Uh, you very likely, if you have a tobacco addiction, an alcohol addiction, you very likely have cupping, a porn addiction, sexual perversion, uh, the immorality uh, that really comes with spirits when you open yourself up to those things. Uncontrolled sleep habits, uncontrolled behavior, besetting sins you just can't overcome, especially if you see it in a previous generation. Uh, very likely uh, that comes from demonic oppression and influence. Restlessness, especially when you get into the presence of the Lord or you get into a church service where God is moving. I've seen people get so uncomfortable when the Spirit of the Lord and the gifts begin operating, and they just want to—they just want to run. That's a, especially if you're uncomfortable around men of God, deliverance ministers. That's a sign you have a spirit that doesn't want to get exposed. It doesn't want to be cast out, and so it makes you restless and uncomfortable. But I would say those are some some primary signs that somebody has got company that, and these are squatters, and a lot of times they come in because they have rights, but. One of the key words I want to throw out there that's been lost in our generation is the word repentance. Repentance is such a beautiful thing. And when God's people repent, the Lord talks uh, about this in, in 2 Timothy. Paul talks about it to Timothy. If God would peradventure grant them repentance, which starts by the acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves out of the snare. And so... The acknowledging of the truth, coming into kingdom alignment, repenting of your sins, uh, cuts off the right for that squatter to remain there, and then you can tell it to leave. Final question for today, and uh, you only you only have a minute. What's the key to walking in victory post-deliverance? That's a really good question because it's a big deal. Uh, deliverance is not a cure-all. It is a tool in our toolbox as believers. And uh, you've heard the expression, you can't crucify the devil and you can't cast out the flesh. <laughs> and that's a true statement. And so you have to discern what's fleshly. That fleshly nature needs to be crucified. And then you need to pull down the strongholds that have given the enemy the right to come in. Very good. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been watching, listening to The Warning Program. My special guest, Apostle Ruben Esch. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, President of World Ministries International. Go to my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org. Watch and listen to this program again and again and again. God bless you. Tune in again. Next week, I'm going to have Ruben back on. God bless you.